This is a Suno India production and you are listening to Beyond Charminar. Hello everyone, thank you all for joining yet another episode of Beyond Charminar. This is a Suno India production. Um so first off I hope all of you are safe. and i hope all of you are doing well if you have not signed up for the vaccination please do that if you have anybody who needs help with the vaccination please help them out this is the time to help each other this is definitely a very challenging period so uh, let's start with the episode so uh, luckily for us uh, we were also able to release an episode last month because uh, the person i interviewed fatima ahmed i actually interviewed her in march itself uh of course with covid precautions so that also went well uh so for this episode uh we have decided to actually concentrate uh, i mean you know actually put things into perspective with regard to hyderabad history and the ongoing pandemic i have with me my former colleague and friend and mentor sirish tani shetty who is a reporter with the hindu and who also extensively writes about hyderabad and hyderabad history uh so this episode uh, we are going to focus on the plague that hit hyderabad roughly uh, over 100 years ago under the last nizam starting 1911 1912 so we are going to focus on that sirish is the person for uh, for this because he knows quite a bit about that part of hyderabad history this is very specific to the plague that hyderabad witnessed over a century ago so i'll give you all a, ba- a bit of background before the plague hit hyderabad in 1911 1912 we also had the mosi river floods the mosi river is a river that cuts across about 50 kilometers in hyderabad and uh, in total the river is about 155 kilometers long uh, but what happens is that in 1908 under the sixth nizam mehboob ali pasha uh, you have the you have very heavy rainfalls that the city gets in september on september 28 and 29 uh, normal rainfall is 10 cm for which hyderabad gets flooded the rainfall recorded in that particular time frame on 28 and 28th september 1900 was 12.9 inches and 18.9 inches i am not wrong uh, basically out of 770 something water tanks over 221 had flooded uh, had overflown and flooded hyderabad that's how a lot of people uh, died roughly 15000 people had been killed in the 1900 floods and 50 something thousand houses had gotten damaged So what i'm trying to say is that before the plague there was already a major catastrophe that struck hyderabad and uh, mehboob ali pasha had also brought in vishwar vishweshwaraya the engineer to uh, try and make the city flood proof vishweshwaraya actually suggests to create two artificial dams outside hyderabad to stop the water from coming into hyderabad uh, unless and until when you know there, there's an excess water which can be released those two dams eventually were constructed under under the last nizam usman ali khan those are the usman sagar himachal we won't go into that but what happens in in 1908 floods ke baad 1911 is when usman ali khan the last nizam takes uh, charges king 1911 he has his own the delhi darbar where he goes for scheduled uh, it's like a coronation kind of thing that he that happens after he becomes the king uh, this is where immediately after he becomes king usman ali khan has to deal with with cases of the bubonic plague and then let's not forget that around 1908 uh, 
there was another pandemic also that struck the world that was the spanish flu basically the influenza virus so you had all this uh, so the flood and the plague that hit hyderabad in 1908 and 1912 uh, both actually transform hyderabad because the city's administration gets into action they transform the city from a slow provincial capital into a modern metropolis in the sense that we uh, you have all these institutions like the usmania usmania general hospital usmania university uh, kachigur railway station yunani hospital and so on and you have the patharghatti market modanjai market and lot of modern institutions that were built post these two catastrophes so now i'm going to uh, uh, stop talking and i'm going to get sirish hi sirish thank you for joining us hi anus so thank you for joining us again so you know from i'm going to leave this to you uh just tell, tell us what happened in 1911 uh, 1912 starting from that period i will leave this entirely to you from here okay so uh first let's try to understand uh, the situation in hyderabad hyderabad was a small walled city and outside the walled city was the residency building so uh so hyderabad was a walled city and uh, it had 12 gates and 23 kitkis and right. uh so it was a very insular in inward looking city so right. when when the 1908 uh, flood happened king was compelled to look outside what's happening kind of a thing and mm-hmm. uh, one of the challenges for the nizam was the residency building and the growing clout of the resident because the resident had become all powerful and right. uh, and the resident could provide security in the residency bazaar so that attracted a lot of marwadi businessmen to move from uh, the old city to that part of uh, new city okay right so that is north northern part of uh, hyderabad right so it, there's a northward movement of city that was that began around uh, with the afzalganj masjid okay in the fifth mm-hmm. nizam's time so there was a northward move movement and it slowly expanded and in 1908 when the fl- flood happened it was a big trigger because the city right. become congested it was uh, and lot of it was destroyed a major portion of it was swept away by the musi river so you can see right. the high flood marks on many masjids right. uh, many buildings so the water reached up to that level and any mud structure or uh, huts kind of thing they were all swept away near uh, the a major portion of the southern bank of the of the city on the southern bank of the musi river was swept away right right so this was one of the big triggers but in 1911 right. uh, there was a bubonic outbreak of a bubonic plague in nampali area so uh-huh. one man comes and uh, tells the sanitary inspector there that there is a plague outbreak so they lock okay. up they lock up the area and uh, they try to seal the area and uh, try to isolate that place right. but uh, and in the and in that period the nizam actually goes to delhi darbar where right. he, he is supposed to meet the king the new king uh-huh. uh king of england <clears throat> right okay and he meets the king but people started gossiping that the nizam had escaped uh the plague that was one of the rumor that circulated in the some of the unhappy people in the kingdom 
But once right. Nizam came back, he set up a, a city improvement board. The earliest city improvement board, the city structure of city improvement board was borrowed from UK. And uh-huh. the first city improvement board in India was adopted by the Mysore Kingdom. Right. So the same structure was adopted by the Nizam in 1912. Right. And the city improvement board was set up to improve the hygiene and sanitary conditions of the city. So that okay. these diseases don't take place occur again. Right. Okay. Right. But uh, you have to understand uh, the plague is not a one-off occurrence. The plague right. has been there, bane of the human civilization from the 14th century. Right. And it reached okay. okay, and it reached one of the biggest uh, outbreak of plague was between 1894 and 1920. Right. Okay. I'm I'm talking about a plague, not uh, influenza. Right. It was known as Spanish flu. So in this plague, uh, around 12 million Indians died. Oh, okay. 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 This is over 26 years, over a period of 26 years. So there were okay. frequent outbreaks of plague. So plague was not a big killer. And uh, the Spanish flu was a very big killer because between two years in 1918 and 1920, it killed about 20 million Indians or about two crore or almost the whole population of Delhi is kind of swept off kind of a thing. So, oh, okay. Okay. so it was a massive killer. And um, because of that, the... So the city started changing around 1912. And uh, the king gave a lot of money. Uh, the Nizam gave the planners a lot of money. And a lot uh-huh. of freedom to how they develop the city, how they visualize the city. So that is the reason some parts of the city are... The planners went full, um, had complete freedom to demolish anything, to flatten buildings, to fill up lakes. And they had... Uh, a lot of money to do that also. So right. okay. one of the development you can see is uh, the uh, 1911 plague outbreak began near Nampali railway station. So behind Nampali railway station was a lake called Abzal Sagar Lake. So the right. Sagar Lake was filled up and a model township was built in that area. A model mm-hmm. township was built okay. with a lot of playgrounds, places of worship, proper houses, underground sanitation, underground sewage system, okay? And right. uh, so that improved the lifestyle of people. And the right. houses that were built, people could either buy them or rent them. Both the options were available for people. Right, okay. Okay, so this is one of the planned township. And in this, uh, if you, many people see, when you stand on the Nayapul Bridge, you can see the Osmani General Hospital on the right. And to the left, you can see the High Court. And to a further ahead, you can see the City College. And if you turn around, you may be able to see a distant glimpse of the Kachiguda Railway Station, the spire okay. of the Kachiguda Railway So these, oh. this was designed by somebody called Vincent Ish, who was brought by the Nizam to design these buildings. And Vincent Ish... Uh, was uh, somebody who had worked on the um, the Calcutta uh, Victoria Memorial Victoria Memorial Building. So he was yes. an understudy when the Victoria Memorial Building was being built, 
and he created oh, okay. some of the ideas to hyderabad so and he created a structure building structure he modified it and he adapted it to hyderabad which we now call indo saracenics architecture right uh, okay right and uh, these houses that were built were built by the public works department so the public works Got department it. actually borrowed some of the ideas from vincent pish and they also buried borrowed some ideas from the hot movement that was there during that time which was art deco which but it was at the later portion 1930 onwards so okay. before that before that they and you can see uh, if you go to say for example mallepalli main masjid if you go to mallepalli uh -huh. main masjid you see the round masjid and there are roads that radiate out very symmetrically up to a small distance up to a short distance okay Got and it. if you go a little ahead you will see playgrounds also uh, according to one of the um, architects in hyderabad these playgrounds uh -huh. were responsible for producing uh, the football talent for which hyderabad was known for, for quite some time right so but uh, when we are talking about spanish influenza the spanish flu or the plague uh we are seeing two distinct uh diseases kind of a thing but hyderabad was plagued by multiple diseases so like for example in one of the years i'll tell you in uh -huh. 1922 around 3400 people died of cholera 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 and 31 people right. died of smallpox okay 78976 people died of malaria Okay. 187 people died of influenza okay. and 3824 people died of plague so you can understand all these diseases are somehow linked to sanitation and the living conditions and hygiene so that was one of the reasons why the nizam hired the services of vishweshwaraya and mm -hmm. though we remember vishweshwaraya for the uh, osmania osman sagar lake and the himayat sagar lake mm. Vishwasharaya was somebody who designed, uh, who helped the city plan in such a way that there was an underground sewage system, and the roads were built in a way where there would be no dust, and uh, the remnant of that is one of the patargatti which you can see, the stone building, the arches, and the symmetry that is there that starts from the Char Kaman and it goes on up to Madina, and beyond right. Madina it, uh, it again becomes. uh chaotic and if you go uh, a little beyond charnar it is uh symmetrical and well designed up to the makkah masjid and a little beyond that after that again the city loses all its symmetry design and everything right okay so this is uh, the gift of vishweshwaraya because he and the main thing is the nizam spent money on doing all these things an architect would not have been able to do all this if he was not given the freedom first one condition second condition the money the money to build this so a lot of money was expended in improving the city and the quality of life for the citizens so mm -hmm. among one of the biggest facilities that was created was the usmani general hospital or as as it was called bada dawakhana and oh, okay. uh, okay and this attracted people from the surrounding nizam's dominion right from bidar raichur to um uh, uh be 
uh, even many parts which are now in Maharashtra. Okay, so that CP and Berar, people used to come right. from there for treatment to Hyderabad. They would right. come to Osmani General Hospital and they would get treated and go back happily. So the Osmani General Hospital was the central medical structure. And there were other smaller uh, health facilities that surrounded the city and they were created in such a way that a citizen did not have to go very far for a smaller ailments. So if you okay. go to, say, for example, Darushifa Primary Healthcare Center and you mm. see the building, the building is run down from outside. But inside, right. inside it's... Uh, very beautiful building with jack arch roof and uh, it has a very unique design uh, because it's a circular thing and a very airy structure right okay so uh, the because of nizam's financial backing the designers could do all these things right right okay. so also just for those of you who are not aware the darul shifa building is Essentially, the first hospital that was built in Hyderabad by Muhammad Kulikutuk Shah after he founded Hyderabad, who was Muhammad Muhammad Kulikutuk Shah was the fourth king, fourth Golconda king, who uh, was the grandson of Sultan Kuli, who founded the Golconda Empire in 1518. So that's just FYI. Uh, still exists. It exists as an Ashurthana. Ashurthana is where Shia Muslims observe the uh, Muharram uh, morning every year. A different uh, topic altogether, so I'll get into it some other time. But yeah, sorry, Sirish, continue. So, uh, when you're talking about Darushifa, it's very interesting to note that Darushifa was one of the first medical facilities uh, that was built in Hyderabad. It's a double storage structure, uh, right. which, which had um, uh, where Unani medicine as well as Ayurvedic medicine was uh, practiced. practiced. And it attracted medical scholars from across the world. And uh, some of the scholars wrote great uh, texts in uh, that place. And they wrote great texts in that place. Great texts in the sense they wrote a lot of books on medicines, how medicines mm -hmm. should be practiced. And if you want to understand how Darul Shifa exists, Darul Shifa had a uh, medicinal garden from where right. the doctors can take herbs and use them for the treatment of their patients. And it okay. also had a sauna facility, which is important for uh, Yunani medicine. And a sauna facility? Sauna, yeah. That uh, oh. hot water bath, steam. Right, right, right. right. Because okay. steam, even now, for example, a lot of people in UP and Bihar are taking, inhaling steam. The treatment is there, right? So here, uh -huh. the treatment, yeah, the inhalation, of it was not for inhalation. It is for general, uh, uh, it is a Turkish bath. So you, right. you bath with hot water and then you bath with cold water and you feel refreshed. Got it. Okay. So this is there and it is built on the bank of the Musi River where a cold breeze would wash, uh, would be there every evening. So okay. the same principle was copied when the Osmani General Hospital was built on the other side of the Musi River where the river was flowing and on the other side was this hospital where cool right. breeze would come inside and the building was an airy structure without needing of air conditioning or anything. Right. Also, the Osmania General Hospital is across the High Court building just so that people understand. Osmania Hospital, High Court, Yurani Hospital, 
Uh, Yunani Hospital is just across the Charminar. All of these three buildings look very similar. Uh, yeah, so I just FYI. So by the way, Sirish, uh, what is the difference between bubonic plague and uh, Spanish flu in that sense? Both happened. Both happened in the same time, no? So was were both very severe, or what exactly happened then? So the, these are the d- figures of the death. Okay, so mm-hmm. they killed about uh, around twenty-five million. Okay. Across the world, thirteen okay. million in the world and twelve million in India. Okay. Okay. And that is between eighteen ninety four and nineteen twenty. Okay. So that is twenty six years. Whereas okay. the Spanish flu or influenza pandemic was only for two years, nineteen eighteen to nineteen twenty. And in okay. this short period of two years, sixty million people were killed. Wow. To, okay. to, to try to understand the number. Uh, during the Nazi period, they killed only six million Jews. So ten okay. times that number of people were killed across the world by this disease. Right. Okay. And the population actually declined very dramatically. So. Scary. Yeah, very scary. So if if you want to see uh, in Hyderabad. Mm-hmm. In 1911, the population was 1 crore 33 lakhs or something like that. Okay? Oh. Okay. So, in 1921, it was 1 crore 24 lakhs. So, nearly 11 lakh um, people were killed by the plague. Pla- awesome. 11 lakh people were killed by... This is in Hyderabad. Just in the Hyderabad dominion. So it is 1.1 million people died in Hyderabad Dominion due to both plague and influenza, cholera, and other things. Okay, that sounds pretty dangerous. So yeah, it was bad then. It was pretty bad. So um, so just so I wanted to also find out, like after the cases of the plague and also the Spanish flu also came to Hyderabad, how long did it take for the city administration to take take care of this? And also, uh, what were the symptoms or the kind of like you know now we know what what is going on with COVID? What symptoms will have? So, what was happening with the Spanish flu and with the plague, especially the plague? Plague is uh, bubonic plague has been known to mankind for a long time. So, mm-hmm. one of the biggest outbreak was in the 14th century uh, when mm-hmm. almost half of the European population was killed by the plague. Right. That was one of the biggest outbreak. But India, had, it had a serious number of cases. It had become almost endemic. And uh, uh, people kept dying of this plague because plague is a disease which is carried by rats. And uh, it's a kind of bacteria. And the people who are infected get uh, fever and they get uh, uh, boils kind of things on the skin. And after some time, after some... Uh, a short duration of time, they get they die. So it's a very horrible death. And um, do we have a cure for this now? So there's a now this disease has been eradicated because uh, except for a brief outbreak uh, in the great Gujarat city of Surat, uh, sometime in the nineteen late nineteen nineties, and it was okay. put down by one of the municipal commissioners. Who, pl- who cleaned up the city and uh, reduced the number of 
uh, the amount of garbage and other place other things in the thing and he happens to be a telugu person i think his name is sr rao something like that so that was a proper that was like a proper plague plague kind of a thing yeah that was proper plague but it was uh, fought very quickly and uh, it was suppressed and uh, it was eradicated very quick, quickly because it was not allowed to spread so this the plague outbreak happened in 1994 yeah got it and in hyderabad uh, by so by when did the city get stabilized with all of these diseases uh, the city didn't get stabilized for a very long time. Till 1930s, we had outbreak of one or the other disease and large number of people kept dying. Only, I think, around 1934, something, sometime like that, the number of diseases and the people dying of epidemics declined in Hyderabad because uh, the city was majorly cleaned up and people started living in hygienic uh, surroundings and there was a proper garbage collection and disposal method and uh, there was an underground drainage system so there was no stagnant points where the disease could fester and spread kind of a thing and there was so, a general huh. economic improvement in the city uh, okay. the, the economic improvement is very important because this bubonic plague bacteria could stay in the house for a long time so oh. if a house is, somebody has has had the disease the house will get infected. So the only way to destroy the bacteria was to completely burn down the house. And that is what was practiced by the colonial administration as well as by the Hyderabad administration. And that was also the reason why people try to hide the disease. Right, right. Okay. okay. And uh, just like then, uh, just like now, then also people try to hide who was infected, who was not infected. And actually, the, the toll we are calculating as uh, one, nearly 1.1 million in Hyderabad or 20 million in the country is based on some kind of uh, calculations where the colonial administrations would go to the graveyards and count the fresh graves that have been done. Oh, because okay. people are unwilling to tell who has died, how many people have died. Got it, got it. Okay, cool. Ah, but, okay, so... This is, uh, so I guess in a way the city's response at that point of time was actually quite quick. I guess we can say that, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm, okay, so of course it was a monarchy and all that. Uh, but I'm assuming that because the British also had experience or at least they would have been able to, you know, figure out what to do. Because I'm pretty sure uh, a good chunk of whatever happened in Hyderabad had a huge British stamp on it, right? In terms of administration and how to deal with it medically. Yeah. Or do you, uh, or, or do you think it is more, more the Nizam who, of course, there was a willingness, of course, I understand that. But in that sense, go away. What do, where do you see the British role in that? So the British role was not very uh, limited in the sense, okay. uh, Sir was a trained engineer. Right. And uh, the people who the Nizam hired to develop the city were somehow or the other connected to the British, uh, this thing. The earliest city oh. planner, Fayazuddin, was educated abroad. Okay. Right. And um, Vincent Ish was a British uh, architect. Okay. And right. uh, uh, 
Ernst Jasper, who was brought in to design the arts college, was a Belgian architect. Right. Right. So, uh, Fazal Ali was again a foreign trained architect, engineer. Right. So, like all these engineers were trained and they brought their uh, systematic way of solving these problems. So, the colonial administration is, I was actually uh, helping the Nizam in some way or the other. Okay. So, basically, in, in a way, the city had, in some ways, the best experts that we could find at that yeah. point of time. Yes. yes. I guess we can say that, right? Yeah. So, the Nizam was a very clever person in the sense he always managed to hire the best of the people. Like, for example, even when in 1947 he was about to lose his kingdom, he mm -hmm. hired Sir Walter Monckton, who was right. one of the most brilliant uh, lawyers at that point of time who had negotiated the um, British royal crisis uh, when the king fell in love with another woman. Ah, okay, okay. Got it. And he was a so, constitutional expert. He was a constitutional expert, okay. Yes, we are talking about that is Walter Monckton. Sir Walter Monckton, yes. Right. Ah, okay. So, I guess we'll be moving into the last part of this. So, I've already explained what happened to the city after the plague, but in your own way, see, I also know for a fact that uh, under the City Improvement Board, I think it started in 1912, you had, uh, I think the state governments, the Nizam government spent about 50 lakhs, something that also included redevelopment uh, of slums, because I've seen the old pictures. I have seen how slums were. They also had housing for the poor in the sense that people who could not afford to have fixed spacious houses, they built houses and gave it on rent. So, uh, that really changed Hyderabad. One is a, a, how did how did that change Hyderabad in the sense, what did the city get from it? We, that kind of development that we saw, see 1948 Hyderabad was annexed to India because the last Islam refused to join, he wanted to stay independent. We all know that. I've gone over that. For those of you who want to know about how Hyderabad was annexed to India in 1948, you can Check out season one. There are detailed uh, sessions on that. Uh, but how long did the city improvement board impact last on post Nizam, post the Nizam period, and when did the city start to change after that? So yeah, two things I want to ask to at the end: uh, how the city changed after the city improvement board, and till when did this kind of uh, last? Um, see that the impact of the city improvement board is present even now. For example, okay. uh, some of the houses which were built under during that period are still exist. Right. They have been modified by the owners into a double story or multiple story structures, violating mm -hmm. all civic norms and the planning uh, norms that were dictated at that point of time. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, like one of the uh, the way the city was planned was like uh, the Ambar the Mushirabad area. Mm -hmm was turned into an industrial area and each right. industry was given some five acres of land to set up industries. Right. So that area is right. still industrial area. Okay. But uh, means a lot of industries still exist there. Right. Like Wazir Sultan tobacco factory came up there and a lot mm -hmm. of other industries were uh, still functioning. And this the, these industries were set up in a way where they had access to uh, the water from Hussein Sagar Lake, and they were away from the city. So the industrial right. areas were away from the city. And right. uh, if you notice the bus transport system in Hyderabad now, okay, mm -hmm. so they used to travel in a north-south axis. 
okay till we change the axis to the east west axis when the cyberabad and uh, high tech city all these things came up right okay okay so hmm. the the impact of city improvement board can still be seen the, wherever you see broad roads wherever you see narrow roads you can assume that we have planned the city <laughs> okay right like for example if you go to assembly from assembly to mozanjai market the roads right. are really broad okay right. and uh, if you go to mallepal area the roads are again broad where but at some places they have been narrowed down by the people who encroached on the land and their encroachment was allowed to happen uh that was one of the big uh gifts of the nizam that the city was planned and even now for example the newer areas of the city get flooded but the older areas don't get flooded last right. time we had a flood in hyderabad only because the lakes were dammed up and the sluice gates were blocked due to which the water reached uh, a much higher level than normal and the right. water broke the band bunds and flooded the city Is, yes. If the sluice gates were normally functioning, we would not have had a flood. Ah, uh, okay, okay, got okay. I mean, I'm, of course, I knew for a fact that there was a lot of modern interventions into older uh, construction, but I, I guess, most of us are not actually aware of how these things impact Hyderabad. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, to sum it up, pretty much we have. Uh, Uh, about a hundred years ago, we had a similar situation, and we had the Nizam government who actually managed to take care of the situation. So that was uh, pretty much something. I mean, what do you think compared to then, compared to now, what changed? So uh, when the Nizam's period, this pandemic happened, there was right. an active intervention by the government to right. uh, control the people, to control how. um people move and uh, how the disease could be controlled the lockdown there were play camps where the healthy people would move in okay uh, so that was one of the ways to reduce the number of people who get get the disease so instead of making the congested city exist as it is the healthy people would move away from the congested places and they would stay healthy right okay right so the health of and uh there was an active intervention and there was vaccination also the uh though there was vaccine vaccine hesitancy at that point of time also the nizam government actually campaigned using uh small films to create uh, information about how vaccines can help and uh, save them right. and these touring things moved to the smaller parts of uh, the state creating awareness about the disease and how vaccination can protect them whereas in comparison now you won't see a single campaign saying vaccination is going to save your life okay you don't see an audio video publicity material saying this vaccination is going to save your life like for example today if i ask you yunus where uh, do you where is a vaccination center near your house i don't think you'll be able to tell me immediately you'll have to spend some time to look through google maps or something to find out and uh, even then you won't know whether vaccination is happening there or not happening there <laughs> or even if happening whether it's covaxin or covishield you wouldn't know so our communication now is much worse than the communication that was there at that point of time in spite of 
us having in spite of us having now a lot of modern lot of technology lot of technology, technology. Hmm, i guess there is a lesson to learn there but also it also shows that uh, there is a serious lack of political will anyway a different issue altogether uh, which we should not get into now because we'll keep it to topic but yeah um, i'm i hope this episode really helped everyone to un- really helped everyone understand uh, how hyderabad tackled a pandemic before and it survived uh, although of course it took a much longer time uh, but yeah so if you ever happen to maybe someday go out to usmania usmania hospital or to the high court or even to yuna or the yunani hospital or the karchi good railway, railway station modern jai market modern jai market was built in 1935 like said so i mean uh it was in fact restored last year i believe and it is in a good condition whenever you go to this place just stop for 5 se- for 5 seconds take a look you will be able to understand what we're talking about uh, about the greatness of these institutions not necessarily because of the nizam built but because these things are a symbol of what hyderabad used to be at least it was a great modern metropolis which was pretty much advanced for it because just to give you perspective hyderabad under the last nizam also got one of the earliest uh, airports the deccan airways we, we had we had uh, we had a state bank of hyderabad state bank we had our own postage and things like that so it was a, a developed metro it was it was, a, it, was a, it was a well made metropolis but of course the flip side of that was that the citizens the rest of the rural areas on the state were neglected and all that i go more into detail about that uh, in the podcast about the annexation so definitely check it out Yes, thank you for joining us. I hope all of you liked the session. So please check out the older episodes if you are interested in also learning about the flood and uh, Operation Polo and stuff. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Beyond Charminar. You can also listen to all the episodes on our website sunoindia.in or on any other podcast app of your choice.